as we grow, we're only going to grow when it's right and can be done in that same way. So do I want to design head to toe? Absolutely. Will we get there? Probably. I don't know how long it'll take. But I'm not looking to just like build up a look and then sell it to some VC fund. Like I want to, I want it to be my business. That's Savannah Yarborough. She's the owner and creative director of Savas. Quality, creativity, and modern design influences every aspect of her work. In this episode, Savannah explains the inspiration behind her custom leather business. She shares her passion for helping customers express their individualism. And she also discusses some of the advantages that come with running a company in the Southeast, both in her work with musicians and beyond. My name's Clark Buckner, and this is season four of Disrupt the Continuum, Launch Tennessee's podcast powered by Pinnacle Financial Partners. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem builders. This season, we're bringing you behind-the-scene interviews with attendees and guest speakers from last year's 3686 Festival, which for the first time went completely virtual. The new, fully interactive format united a worldwide audience to celebrate community, culture, and connection with the brightest minds across multiple industries. And here's some exciting news. Another 3686 Festival is set to return later this summer. Be sure to watch this space for all of the latest info coming soon, including official dates, speakers, and networking opportunities you won't want to miss. Plus, find out when and how you can register to attend. Before we hear more from our conversation with Savannah, we want to thank this season's sponsor, Pinnacle Financial Partners. They pride themselves on being much more than just another bank. They offer their clients long-term partnerships for growing their businesses. Learn more at pnfp.com. All right, let's jump in. Hello, my name is Savannah Yarborough. I'm the owner and creative director of Savas in Nashville. And I'm a speaker with the 3686 Conference. Savannah, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to share your story and your startup journey. And I think you've got a really cool perspective of the Southeast, not only when we think about starting and growing a business here. And you're based in Nashville, Tennessee, where... 3686 all convened each year. This, you know, of course, this year we had to be a little different, but <laughs> I think what's going to be really cool about our conversation is your close work with fashion, with music, with producers. Everything you do, as I understand it, is totally custom. Mm-hmm. And I can just anticipate the kinds of things we're going to be talking about with what. What the Southeast has to offer, especially now as the world has been changing, especially as rapid as as it has been. So, so many cool things to talk about. So maybe we just start with your background. And sure. when did you start this work in fashion? Like, tell me more about what you do, what Savas is, what it means, and, and uh, let's just start there. Yeah, so I originally grew up in Alabama and um, studied in London, so I've sort of been all over the place, and I ended up back in Nashville about eight years ago. I studied menswear design at a school called Central St. Martin's, and so I knew that I wanted to be in the fashion design sphere, Um, and after working for a company for four or five years, I decided to go off on my own, and I had kind of always had this dream of of creating custom leather jackets, and I couldn't really find anyone else who was doing it. Can I ask so, you, I want to jump yeah. in, why was it the custom leather jackets? Can you just describe 
why that one? You could have done, I'm sure, anything, especially you studied in London, you said? Yeah, so I think I was probably a little bit influenced by my time in London with that whole idea based on, you know, Savile Row, the place where suits are made. That's where they began, and, and they're still made there today, and they're all one-of-a-kind, bespoke, and that's actually where the word bespoke comes from, even if, you know, chocolate companies use it now. Um, it's, I think that's what led me to want to create these things with the individual person. Yeah. So it's not just a jacket. No, it's so much more than a jacket. <laughs> and when you say you create this with the person, so I have the advantage right now. I'm just I'm kind of scrolling through your Instagram, and mm -hmm. I'm as you're describing this, I do see a lot of different jackets and stuff like that. But tell me about that creative process of of making something. You know, some people might think, oh, I'm just making a custom jacket, but. Can we go like deep into artist mode right now? Like what goes through your mind? Yeah. So, you know, I, I know every single person that I've made something for personally. Um, and that's not because they're friends of mine calling me and asking me to make stuff. It's because they, they called me asking me to make something, but they I didn't know them beforehand. And so it really is, it's a really emotional process for me and for them. You know, everyone in their brain has a leather jacket that they've always dreamt of or they've tried on a hundred of them and there's always something wrong and the, you know there's too many things going on or the leather doesn't feel good or it doesn't fit or whatever and so I really wanted to create this space for them where it's like no we're just going to make that perfect one you know with all the things you want and without all the things you don't want and so I work with my clients over a period of you know anywhere between six weeks to a year what? for that matter depending what? on depending on who it is and how it goes sometimes what? it takes that long yeah and What's that's not because i say oh it's a waiting list that's just because you know maybe we make five jackets what? in that year yeah it's kind of crazy like you know sometimes i have to do multiple fittings with someone right and let's say they live in portland and i only can see them twice we can only make that happen you know, every four months. And so then it does get dragged out a little bit longer, but typically it's like six to eight weeks. Um, but that's a long time, you know, to, to converse with someone four or five times. And, and each of these jackets are so personal, like they're involved with every decision. So I like to get to know them and like, where are they going to wear it? What do they want to feel like when they wear it? You know, what does their wife think about it or whatever, like all that stuff. And so we develop these friendships. My wife would think the cost, I'm sure. Would yeah, yeah, but we just don't tell the other person okay. what the cost is, you know? Like, you gotta, there's got to keep some mystery in life. Um, but <laughs> Sometimes so you don't get in trouble, and other times, you know, just because it keeps things fun. But it, it really is super personal. And I knew it was going to be that way, but I didn't know just how much when I first started. And it's proven to be really amazing. Like I have made some incredible friends and I have learned so much because we, I work with people from all over the world, all different backgrounds, all different jobs. You know, it, it's absolutely wild. It's really, really special. And I feel like if 3686 had, in the Southeast, if it had an outfit, it would be a, a custom made leather jacket. Okay. I like that. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like it's so much of this is so representative of of story and authenticity and just being a maker. And that may be a good transition as we're 
as we're talking here on this podcast, a little about how those kinds of traits maybe influence the startup ecosystem and some of our biggest industries, you know? So in your case, I the session that you presented at 3686 this year was with an individual, Butch Walker. So he's a producer and songwriter, right? Yeah, he is. So you're not a songwriter or a musician. I'm not that mm -hmm. either. But I'm just curious about the kinds of things that you think about with fantastic fashion of of what you do and what you create. Are there thoughts that you have of just how that influences the Southeast? Like, I'm just really curious to hear what you had to say about that. Um, I, I think for me, when I look at my time in the Southeast, one of, and this is probably maybe a little too personal, but like growing up, I always felt like as a creative kid, I never really had my place, right? Like I, I wanted to be an individual. I always dressed different than everyone else. And I struggled with that. And I think part of my like bigger mission has been to like give everyone permission to be an individual, right? Like to have their own sense of style and, and not necessarily have to be in a part of a uniform just because of where they live. You know, we all know the Southern uniform and it's changing and I'm excited to be able to be a part of that. And, you know, we're not making jackets that make you stand out like really, you know, wild and out there. I mean, we do that occasionally if the person wants it, but I try to create these pieces that just work their way seamlessly into that person's wardrobe, but really are individual and really personal. And that's like, it's really exciting to see the evolution of that over time, um, how, how that's played out. And, you know, again, being able to be a part of that, I think is pretty awesome. So you said you grew up in the South and at one mo moment in your life, you felt maybe you couldn't find your your tribe or your people or the you didn't fit in is is that what i'm hearing you say yeah i mean it wasn't necessarily fitting in i mean sure that was a problem but but it was more like the the idea of like you know when people like live in a big city like they want to they wear things that are like push those limits a little bit more and and because there's so many people so close to them they want to be their individual self. They want to show off that individual sense of style where like in the 90s and early 2000s in the South, like in schools, like most everybody wore, wore the same thing. And if you didn't wear those exact things, like you weren't cool. And, but really we all know that being an individual is what makes you cool. Right. So it's kind of like the roles are, are reversed now because <laughs> everybody wants to be an individual now. One of my favorite things about something like 3686 is it's a moment to reflect and think about why the Southeast stands out as a place, mm -hmm. as what we believe is one of the best places to start and grow a business. And, and you know, I'm looking at Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee. I'm from Nashville. And there's a lot of pride in, in what happens in here with yeah. respect to entrepreneurs and and the friendly business environment all of that so that is fun to talk about but it's a little different than talking about what you do because it's so much it just has that coolness factor and i feel like the the culture of the southeast like nashville and, and other really great cities all throughout the south you know they want to sell culture first and they want to sell what it's like here and as you've grown up and you moved away and came back how would you describe the what it's become, and I know right now at the moment we're recording, the world is very different 
But thinking beyond that, how would you describe where we are and does someone who's never been here or maybe he's thinking about, especially now, relocating to a place like this? Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing for me about the South, and I'm, I'm one of those people who grew up here, I left and then I came back. You know, that may not have been my original plan, but I think that a lot of a lot of people are doing that, you know, and, and there's there's so much potential in the Southeast because there's there's a lot of open space down here to do new stuff and to bring stuff to this area and create, you know, whatever it is that you want to create, whether it's a business business or a creative business. And because that is, you know, and I'm saying this like within reason, but like it's a newer thing for the Southeast, there are so many ways to form relationships, you know, like for me, yeah, it's, it's a creative fashion business, whatever, but like my bank is my best friend. And if I were in a bigger city, I would have had to like struggle for that. Like I wouldn't have been able to make those like good Southern connections and friendships like that. That's a huge thing. Like we have that down here, you know, the attitude of, of Southern people is a combination of, you know, sort of collaboration in different ways and also just like helping each other out um you know is so that allows you to then make these friendships and relationships that help get you to where you want to go in terms of the business well this is a good transition i think to start talking a little more about the business side and Mm -hmm. you started october and fall and fall in the south is also just another whole conversation but you start in the fall 2015 and you you that's when you moved into your, I think you said 2,000 square foot space where mm-hmm. all the magic happened. It was 800 when I moved Okay, in. 800. Yeah. And you had a team member, at least one then, and over the years you've built. So are there any big milestones or big moments of as a founder? And, and what you're doing is the ultimate goal to just live this as a lifestyle business, be successful, make an impact, do the work you want to do. Is that the path that you feel like you're on? Because sometimes we talk to entrepreneurs and they want to like scale up and sell and, and all that, like sell the company off. Like what is on your horizon and what have you been working towards? Well, so I'm what you would call a flip flopper a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, one day I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to build this thing. It's going to be the next, you know, Ralph Lauren. It's going to be huge. And then the next day I'm like, man, I'm so glad it's so little and I didn't do that. Um, but ultimately since starting this, like I knew coming out of the fashion industry in in a job where like I designed all these collections every year and it was like all this stuff. I knew that I didn't want to contribute to the stuff, right? Like I I wanted to make pieces that get worn and that's it. And, And also I knew that in order to establish yourself in this industry, like you gotta be really good at something, like one thing, cause none of us are good at everything. So like, I didn't want to start out like most fashion brands, which are just automatically head to toe making jackets, shirts, t-shirts, pants, socks, shoes, hats, all this stuff. Like, so I, I wanted to focus on the leather jacket and make that my pinnacle point and, and make that where I built my reputation. And so for the last five years, that's what I've done is, you know, I'm, I'm the leather jacket girl. And sometimes that's how I introduce myself because that just, makes people remember. And, you know, just last week, like we launched our first shoe, right? So this is, this is my first step, you know, five years in, it's taken me five years to do something I knew I could have done at the beginning, but wanted to wait 
until I did it exactly as it needed to be done. And so that just happened. So the way I'm looking forward is to continue on with the rules that I have for our leather jackets, which are, you know, only to make it if it's perfect and going to be worn and to do it in the best possible way we can to and and not lose any sight of of the quality standards that we uphold. And so so you're just obsessed around quality. Yeah, it's got to be done right. Like otherwise what's the point? You know, like fast fashion is consumed like groceries. Like and and I don't want to be a part of that. So, you know, we only order the materials we need. We don't have excess anything. You know, and each jacket has an order attached to it. It has a human attached to it. And I want to keep things that way. So as we grow, we're only going to grow when it's right and can be done in that same way. So do I want to design head to toe? Absolutely. Will we get there? Probably. I don't know how long it'll take. But I'm not looking to just like build up a look and then sell it to some VC fund. Like I want to, I want it to be my business, you know. You're on your own path. Yeah. And the values are just too important to me, I think. It was interesting. Whenever we schedule these chats, I always have like just one or two questions to like pre-populate, like just to sort of get a vibe, vibe check. Yeah. And your message to attendees, as I asked, do you remember what you said, by the way? Not in exact words. So, yeah, it was basically keep your eyes on distance, not the path you will take to get there. Oh, yeah. So kind That's of everything good. you're saying, it is good, I know. <laughs> and you just made that, you just like, yeah, I just made it up, man. That's just sort of the... the That's where the, I was at that day. The quote could have been very different <laughs> if it was the next day. Right. Well, everyone, you know, in the Southeast, we have that flexibility to you know, a lot of lifestyle businesses and it's part of the creative economy and and that's a real thing and the creative economy in the South does influence your bigger businesses. And you saw that mm-hmm. in the banking example. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things like that. So any other thoughts about sort of how this maker scene and this maker society, I don't, I'm probably just butchering. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I'm <laughs> not, I don't, I love like learning about it and all that, but any other thoughts you have, maybe how it influences music and maybe we can connect to some of your other clients you've worked with or, just sort of curious if there's anything else you've not talked about with just how this. Yeah, I mean, I'll say like one thing I'd like to point out, like going back to that weird quote I said, um, or not weird, but the quote is like, since the beginning of this, like the amount of stops and starts I've had, like there's no way to count how many of those there were, right? So it's like going to that path thing. It's like the path doesn't really matter. Like you're going to get to where you want to go, but like you cannot dictate how you're going to get there. Like, you just never know what kind of curveballs are going to be thrown and and change your mind. Um, Those happen to me on a weekly basis, if not daily. But, yeah, going back to the music stuff, you know, I have been super fortunate to be able to work with some really amazing musicians and artists. And it's a lot of fun, you know. At the same time, like, that's not what my whole business is. That's probably, like, 5% of my business is just the most, like, quote, glamorous part. But what's really enjoyable for me about that is being able to work with someone who can kind of like have whatever they want, you know, like and and they come to me because they want me to make them the jacket that they're going to like wear to the grocery store. Like that's super awesome. <laughs> right. I, per- I prefer that to the stage pieces. You know, the stage pieces are fun. But, you know, like I 
one of the clients that I work with a lot, who's also in Nashville, is Jack White. And he's been just amazing as a supporter of us and as a friend. And, um, you know, I got to work with him to create some suits for one of his tours. And, like, it was pretty amazing, you know, like him coming to the table with the ideas and us just sitting down and figuring out, like, how we could do it and working together in a collaborative way. Um, you know, I think creatives of all kinds do communicate like on a different frequency with each other and that's like it's super fun but like nothing like it's super awesome to like see him on stage at Bridgestone Arena like in front of 20,000 people in that suit but at the same time like if I just bump into him and he's got his leather jacket on like that makes me happier does that make any sense yeah yeah it's like because it's like man that's what you want to wear you know that's like the pure joy that I get. And that happens mostly with the artists that we work with. But they're always fun, you know, and I always work directly with them. I don't really work through other people because it's not that other person's jacket. It's this person's jacket and okay. they need to be involved in the conversation. Jack-wise, people can't come to you and say, hey, we're working on a jacket for a concept idea. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. I just don't, I don't, I don't like to entertain that. It's like, yeah, okay. Like you guys are welcome to borrow something that's in our (laughs) showroom if you want, and you can send it back. But like, you're not allowed to perform in it or do anything else. Like if you want a jacket of ours, really, like you gotta, you gotta go through. And you know, I have a lot of people that turn me down for that reason. Oh, he doesn't do fittings. Well, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I'm in the custom clothing business. We're not just going to shoot in the dark and hope for the best. That's because that's not how I operate. And, you know, I think it's important, like, you got to, you got to know what your, what your stance is on things like that, because otherwise you can really get run over. And you miss that on this, like, intangible part of this, of what you're selling. And you were saying earlier, and I was, had a big response about it, but it could take, you know, months, it could take, you know, weeks, months, maybe a year. And yeah. there's a lot more that what you're selling than what they, you know. It's the service, I guess. Is totally. It's the service and it's the relationship and, it, you know, it's all those things. And I think another important thing to note, like, as I said before, like, yes, it is very glamorous when you get to work with celebrities. But, like, I got to give a whole lot of credit to, like, my other people <laughs> that that shop with us and that, that work with me. Um, you know, I work with so many incredible people who are not celebrities and they are what makes this business happen in a lot of ways. You know, it may not on paper seem as cool in quotes, but like to me, it's like those are the people I really learn from the most that challenge me the most, you know, all that stuff. And it's super fun. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people kind of look at at me and how I dress or whatever. And they're like, oh, you you make rock and roll clothes. But like, really, I make like badass leather jackets that are straightforward and look like they've had them for 20 years, but it's like the guy who wears a suit to work every day or a hoodie to work every day, like this is just their kick around leather jacket. And like, again, it makes me just as happy to see them out and about wearing their jackets as it does anyone else. And so um, I always like to give everybody a little bit of credit in that way. Sure. And I know it's you, it's, you have a very specific team that you've assembled to do all of this mm-hmm. over the years and you still try to stay lean. I understand with just a couple people earlier, just a moment ago, you said something along the lines of Instagrammable or Instagram and what you do is of, of course, super visual. And I just, this came to mind. I don't know. Maybe this is not a good fit, but sometimes I think with entrepreneurs, there's that, that comparison problem or being, you know, li- just living on 
Instagram or just seeing the best parts of what someone does. Does that bring any thoughts to you in this moment of just the grit and the work that maybe doesn't make it on to Instagram? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're we're all guilty, right, of l- comparing the inside of our lives to the outside of someone else's, if that makes any sense. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what Instagram is. Like, our feelings come out when we look at the outside, the thing that someone else is going to show to us, but they're not really showing the real thing. At the same time, I... I I think some people share too much of their inside on the outside on Instagram and it can get overwhelming where it's like, hey, let's just have fun, you know. And I I like to keep my business Instagram as business. Um, You know, I have part of my team that helps me make sure everything like looks good and all that stuff. But it's impossible to not compare yourself. I don't know anyone who doesn't do that, but you just have to make sure that you, you remind yourself that like what everyone else is showing is not necessarily what's happening. Well, I am looking forward to when I can come <laughs> Sorry visit. Sorry to be depressing. <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's you're just true, being man. super real and I really appreciate that. And I can't wait to come visit and yeah, learn I can't more wait to have and, you. and keep following along. And what's a good way for someone to follow along with you and learn about your team and, and all that good stuff? Yeah, so the best way to find us and see the most pictures, obviously, is Instagram. So we're at Savas, S-A-V-A-S. And we also have a website, which is a little bit more complicated, but it's Atelier Savas, A-T-E-L-I-E-R-S-A-V-A-S.com. And our showroom is downtown. Right now we are by appointment and mask only, but we are seeing, you know, the occasional person in person. So, And did you tell me what Savas stood for? Yeah, so I didn't, but I can. My name is Savannah. I go by Sav to a lot of the people that I'm close with, and it's just a palindrome of Sav, and that's something I came up with when I was driving down the road one day before I started the business. It Um, it has been and always will be you. It's me, but it's not my name, right? Like it's Hmm. because I I knew I I had seen it happen. You know, I had seen people lose their names to their companies when they sold them. And I kind of figured, I mean, you know, maybe this will work out in some weird way and I don't want to lose access to my own name. It is me, but it's also not at the same time. Right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Clark. Loved it. And I also think, you know, your process of doing all this and how you get to know someone and, and what you create for them sounds like a pretty cool podcast concept. Oh, we've got some stories. Just putting that out in the universe. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to Disrupt the Continuum, a Launch Tennessee podcast for entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem builders. Launch Tennessee has received national recognition for statewide collaboration, an innovative economy, and stakeholder diversity. And that's because of amazing folks like yourself who are contributing to make Tennessee the most startup-friendly state in the nation. To join the conversation, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LaunchTN and visit launchtn.org buildtn to learn more about Tennessee's entrepreneurial ecosystem. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we'll see you soon on another episode of Disrupt the Continuum.